Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all bills all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. For the sake of the conversation we're going to have today, we're just going to assume that we're recording this at 4.01 Eastern Standard Time. We're actually recording it at about 2.30. We don't think the Bills are going to do anything before the franchise tag deadline. Sal, is that a safe assumption? Yeah, first of all, are you in a time warp? My clock says 2.11 p.m., just so you know. If you say it's 2.30, you are literally 20 minutes ahead of me in real time in life. No, I just kind of assumed it was 2.30. I didn't really look. I just knew we were starting sometime after 2 o'clock. I know there's literally literally a a clock on the computer, but I have my Zoom on a full screen, so it covers the the corner of it. Well, this is obviously going to end in the bills, not tagging anybody. Brandon Bean has essentially said that uh, from the beginning when he let's go back to the end of the year press conference. When we all know that Jordan Poyer is really not even a candidate uh, Mm -hmm. because of his age, or or maybe I guess people could have thought that. So he never seemed to be a candidate and the bills never really treated him like a guy that they were necessarily doing whatever they could to retain him. So it really came down to Edmonds and the way that Bean put it, which is right is unfortunately in this case, especially all linebackers are grouped the same, including three, four pass rushing linebackers who get sacks. So therefore off ball linebackers, their salaries stay in line with the same franchise tag as those linebackers, which would cost the bills over $20 million for the exclusive franchise tag and even 17 and a half for the non-exclusive. And I have to remind everybody, even if you think that's okay, let's remember if they were to tag Tremaine Edmonds, that money would count on their salary cap the minute the league year opened, and that would be all that money the Bills could not use on anything else. Uh, so while you were saying that, I know that I'm 20 minutes in the future here, yes. but according to Adam Schefter, this is not a Bills-related note, but it's a division note, so I wanted to bring it up. Yep. The Dolphins are releasing Byron Jones, Okay, which is you know somebody who was brought there to really be a difference maker. 
and then never, I think, lived up to the expectations of the contract that he signed. So it's going to save them about $13.6 million on the salary cap. So that's it, this is what's going to happen now. Really, from now until the next time we do a podcast, this is when the offseason really starts to pick up. So I apologize. I, I didn't want to completely get off the Bills thing. We may the have that, three more news, breaking news yeah. items before we get off the uh, podcast here. When you were talking about how it never really felt like it was a real possibility to franchise tag Jordan Poyer, I agree. I did, though, think that it was a real possibility that they would tag Edmonds until I found out about the, like, outside linebacker edge rushers who also fall into the linebacker category and how massive that amount of money was going to be like for basically $20 million, the bills were never going to franchise tag Tremaine Edmonds. It just didn't make sense, especially for somebody whose market value, depending on the website that you check floats between like 12 and 15, somewhere in that range. So I, I do still think that they want to keep him, but man, as we get a week closer to free agency, I think that it's just human nature to probably see, want to see what's out there. Right. Yeah. One of my pet peeves, Matt is, and I, and I get the nature of doing this. It's not like, Oh my God, I can't believe you people do this, but I, I hear from fans, we get tweets and calls and whatever. And it's the phrase is, well, they're going to, I can't believe they're going to let him walk. Right. Those three words. Yeah. Let him walk. The bills necessarily aren't letting anything happen other than saying, Hey, we're going to let you be a free agent um, on our end by not tagging you. There are two sides to this. The player also chooses to walk when they go to another team. The bills may have every intention on trying to work out a deal with Tremaine Edmonds, but at what cost is that? Here's my sense. This is what I think's going on. All right. This reminds me of two years ago with Matt Milano. He was in a very similar situation. No way. Same I legit. I can't believe you just brought up Matt Milano. I wish right. you could see my screen. I legitimately, while you were talking, looked up when they signed Matt Milano. Cause I wanted to make sure I had the date, right. And it was okay. funny. It was, it was annoying because the story here yep. says, you know, like all of this information, blah, 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 blah. And it had, you know, an embedded tweet of a competitor. And I was, I was like, Oh, why did they do that? But it was March 11th. So it was a couple days before free agency started. Okay, well, well, let me let me explain that and tell everybody remember what happened here. Okay, so two years ago, Matt Milano was entering free agency. He was a pending free agent. He was considered one of the top three or four linebackers on the market. Um, I believe um, uh, the the guy for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't his name escapes me now. He's going to be free agent again this year. He was number one. Anyway, um, so. It was, hey, they're not going to franchise tag him. That's just too much money. They can't do that. They hope to work out a deal. But you know what? They remember that year they had they had Daryl Williams and John Feliciano also that they wanted that's to what, That's what I also have up here. So they signed right. Feliciano on the 14th. Okay. So, so three happened, days though, later. Let me walk through the, the timeline, though. Milano that year was allowed, like everybody, to start negotiating on March 15th with other teams. So the Bills did not tag him by the deadline. They had until March 15th to have exclusive negotiating rights and the bills worked out something three days before that happened. He never even got a chance to talk to other teams. I think the bills would love a scenario like that with Tremaine Edmonds. They'd love to be able to say, look, we worked something out even before he was able to start negotiating with other teams in the, what we call legal tampering window where an agent could talk to teams, but they can't contact the player directly. It might not happen here. The agent to go back to my original point may say, look guys, thank you. We love you. You did so such a great job with the, for, for him and developing him, but we want to go test the market. And that's the player's choice. Breaking news update. Number two. Okay. On the podcast. Love it. According to multiple reports, Dan Graziano, Diana Rossini, 
and Rob Domofsky from this has gotta Green be, Bay. This has got to be – oh, I was going to say a Lamar report, but now you say Green Bay. Go ahead. The Jets have flown Woody Johnson's private plane Ooh. to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. They are landing soon. The Green Bay Packers have given permission to the New York Jets to speak with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the permission part came earlier, but now it's really getting hot and heavy. So we can talk about that and get into it. Let's just kind of table that and note this. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, I want to put this on my notes. I want to talk about this today. Um, This is what I see, though, going back to Tremaine and Matt. Exactly what happened with Matt Milano, which is basically um, he was signed to this longer-term deal, four-year deal, before the free agent tampering window even opened. I think the Bills would like to do that with Tremaine Edmonds. Because, again, I want to go back to to the issue of Matt, even if someone felt – well, wait a minute. Why don't you just tag them to give yourself time to work out a deal? That's fine. I, I love that strategy, except for one problem. The money you spend to tag him counts on the salary cap. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't work out a long-term deal, you're on the hook for that money until he does. And they don't have room to do that. No. And it would be a substantial difference between the number that he would probably sign a contract for and the number that he would ultimately be tagged for. I do agree with you. I think the bills dream scenario, if they want to keep Tremaine Edmonds would be to get something done before he hits the open market. Um, the bucks are releasing left tackle Donovan Smith. I don't really think that's super news or earth shattering stuff. Um, so I, I agree with you because I do think that there was going to be a team out there that if he gets to the open market admins, they're going to say, man, linebacker who's already played five seasons, 25 years old, entering the prime of his career, just maybe had his best season. Like that's somebody we want to build around. I think the thing working in the bill's favor is that Tremaine Edmonds probably has two massive contracts that he's going to sign left in his career. And that's why I think maybe he'll be like, listen, this is the team that I want to be with. This is the team that ultimately I want to try and get over the hump. I want to win one here. And then I'll go, you know, sign with whoever's going to give me the most money. It's always what I thought was going to happen with Jordan Poyer. I thought Jordan Poyer would stay in Buffalo if they won a Super Bowl or until they did and then sign a big contract elsewhere. Now it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. But I do think that of the two, Edmonds feels like the one that's still the more likely option to happen. And I would say I give the Bills a 60% chance at re-signing him. I'd say it's 60-40 that he stays in Buffalo. That's where I'm at. I like that percentage. I'm thinking, I was thinking closer to 50, 50 as after the combine went and you know, we really haven't heard anything about, Oh yeah. You know what they're talking and even being said, yeah, we'll reach out to their representatives representatives. If we already haven't, or started talking, if we already haven't. And if anybody saw that quote and it's like, what do you mean? How do you not know? Well, the GM isn't usually directly involved with those preliminary talks. That's basically mm-hmm. falls on Kevin Megang, Jim Overdorf. Each team has a person who, you know, does the contract thing. And then it goes to the GM, you know, when it gets down a certain road. So that's why, you know, he would maybe phrase it something like that. As far as Jordan Poyer is concerned, I, um, I, I think that it's getting closer and closer to the realization that he's going to be with another club in 2023. I agree with that. And I feel like it's what we said on the last podcast, based off of some of the tweets, I wouldn't be shocked with Miami. I mean, they just freed up, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, $13 million with Byron Jones leaving. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Miami just because he has a home there. I wouldn't be shocked if it was, it's really actually, I don't really want to, I don't want to. Yes. That was the other team that I was going to say. I don't want to like the only team that I really make sense for to me is Miami. After that, there might just be, I've thought, what do you think about the giants? 
Mm, no, 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 no. I, I think his, if he's going to leave Buffalo, I think his wife and him would much rather go to, he's talked about taxes, like how big. Oh, of that's a, yeah. No, I know. I, he would literally not, you know, yeah. yeah I, they, I don't in know. New Jersey. I just can't see that happening. It's to me, it's, it's a state that doesn't have any state income tax, which is Florida or Texas. I think the bucks could come into play. <laughs> excuse me, depending on how they want to structure what's going on and are they trying to rebuild or be right there or whatever. What about the Houston Texans? That's an interesting team. Yeah. But how do you, I know it's not about, it wouldn't be about winning them necessarily. Right. That's why I feel like Miami makes the most sense because you check boxes and I know some bills fans are going to roll their eyes when they hear that, but I think the Miami dolphins are a lot closer to being relevant than the Houston oh, yeah. Texans are right. Oh, I agree with you about Miami being, and, and that's, they, they live down there too. I'm just saying there are maybe other possibilities here that Jordan Poyer could go to if he's thinking along those lines. Um, we are seeing some notes about and news about running backs the last few weeks. So just to kind of put a bow on all this, Devin Singletary, his situation, I, I just don't think right now he's going to be back with the Buffalo Bills, although I don't think the Bills would be against it. It's just he's going to have enough of a market, not a huge one, where he might be able to, you know, he's going to be able to get paid more than what the bills are willing to do, especially knowing James cook is there and, you know, good for Devin Singletary. That's fine. I just don't see him on the bills as it stands right now in 2023. Yeah. I tend to agree with you there. I still think that if you're going with cook and Hines, you're totally fine moving forward. I think the bills are going to have to decide, do they want to keep Hines? Do they want to keep McKenzie? It might be tough to keep them both. So I agree. I think they've turned the page on the Singletary chapter, unless he just doesn't get nearly as much on the open market as we anticipate. Like what would be the number you would be willing to bring him back for three and a half, maybe something like that. Yeah. That would be, I would say four max, probably any more than that doesn't make sense. I want to ask you now that we're in mock draft season, how do you feel about the potential of drafting a running back in the first round? Do you think absolutely no questions asked? No. Or do you think, yeah, for the best player available, why not? I generally think do not do it. I think it's a waste of an asset, a waste of a premium asset. I understand this has nothing to do with the player. Bijan Robinson is amazing. Matt, we do this dance every year, whether it's Travis Etienne a couple of years ago, Reese Hall last year. Now it's yeah. Bijan Robinson. I see it every year. Look, if you're going to draft a first round running back, you are going to have to give that guy the ball. He's going to have to. That's why you do it. This team is not revolving around a running back. It's revolving around a quarterback. Why would I be interested in handing the ball off to a first round running back 25 times a game when I have Josh Allen? It just doesn't make sense to throw the ball. I want to throw the ball. So I think it's a horrible use of assets is what I think. Well, I think your counter argument there, which is they just used a second round pick on a running back and they barely gave him the ball. And you know what I mean? Like, does that is that more of an indictment on what they think of him as a player or on what they think their offense is going to be? And I don't know the answer to that. Now, the other smoke that we've seen out there is Von Miller tweeting pictures with Derrick Henry. And that one makes no sense to me. I don't know if I'm just not. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it would be $10 million. You have to give something up. It's just not the way the bills operate. Let's look at how Bean has operated here. Yes. He did use a second round pick on James cook. I understand that. And he did use third rounders on Singletary and Moss. He generally does not use, if you want to call a second, I understand, but not a first round pick and not big assets, big money on running backs. And again, if you get Derrick Henry, you got to give him the ball, man. That's why you get Derrick Henry. I just, I don't see that for the bills, but, but, but Matt here, here's the one thing that I'll hold out for that say, I'm not going to sit here and go, Oh my God, there's absolutely no chance. 
the Bills have fallen short the last few years. They're, they've talked about, you know, we have to examine ourselves. Maybe there's some change in philosophy coming that we're not seeing. That's the only thing that I would say that would keep me from going all the way on. There's absolutely no possibility. Well, the thing that you've mentioned, Brandon Bean has drafted three running backs with his tenure, which is a lot. And they've all been day two picks, which is not nothing. So to me, that says more that they're really valuing the position and they're trying to improve it. And maybe they just haven't gotten out of it what they think that they need to. And that's why they keep kicking the can. And maybe if Robinson is there, you go, he's our 10th best player on the board. And, would we're, be drafting, tough to and we're drafting at 27. Are we really going to take the fifth best wide receiver or the sixth best lineman instead of the absolute best running back? I do not feel super strongly about it either way. I very much agree with you that I think it is a waste of an asset in the first round, but I also do think that it makes an immediate impact on your team. And I don't think a first round running back has to touch the ball 25 times a game. I think a first round running back has to touch the ball 12 to 15 times a game. And when you have Josh Allen, that really opens things up for that running back because teams are going to be more worried about Josh Allen or for the sake of the conversation, Derek Henry. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm very much team wide receiver team offensive lineman. Heck I'm even open to a tight end in the first round. I don't care as long as it's an offensive player, but to do that, then you have to be okay with the option of running back as well. I'm starting the, uh, I'm starting to really warm up to that tight end option. By the way, let's talk about that. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's always game day in Buffalo. I've been doing a State of the Bills series at our website, WGR550.com. I've run through every offensive position. The last one I did, Matt, was tight end, and it came on the heels of wide receiver. I I know the Bills need a wide receiver. I get that. I'm not telling you they don't. They should spend an early asset on it in the draft. First round is fine with me. But I'm here to tell you, I would not be surprised if the Buffalo Bills draft a tight end in the first round in 2023. I do not see them dipping their toe very heavily in the free agency waters for tight end. But this is a very good tight end draft class. And the way the bills have operated at the position the last few years suggests to me, they have been in search of a tight end who can really make a difference to put defenses in a bind on how they need to play them. I don't disagree with you. And if they do it, then I won't hate it. But I just think I've gone back and forth on it since we've, because uh, I actually heard you and Joe talking about it the other day on the radio, and that kind of got the wheels in motion in my head thinking about if I thought it was a good idea or not. What do you think is more likely, that they draft a running back in the first round or a tight end in the first round? Because I think it's running back. I think it's tight end. See, there you go. Wow. We've got a difference of opinion. That doesn't mean I think that's the better choice. I just think that would be my read on it because I think they could. So if you're saying you, you think it's more likely. So the reason I say that, let me ask if this is why, and where are our, where we differ on here. I just think that if you look at the history of the way the bills have treated each position, I think that they're more willing to spend that type of asset on a tight end than they are on a running back. Do you feel differently? I do. I do. I think that the, track record of drafting three running backs early to me means that they value that more than I know they just gave early. Was that third round early? Dawson Knox was third round. Yeah. But I mean, all the other guys, like they took a flyer on OJ Howard after he was out of his prime. Same thing with Jacob Hollister. Tyler Croft was a year removed. Those guys a little bit of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they traded an asset for Naheem Hines at the trade deadline. And they draft like turn game, but yes, that's right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I think that you already have Dawson Knox. Like, do you really need another secondary op? Like, does that take away from Dawson Knox? If you add somebody in the first round, because going back to what we were talking about, about the running backs, how many targets does a first round tight end need to ultimately be worth the asset that you pay? I don't think it's about that necessarily for the tight end, which by the way, could be a counter argument used against me for running back. Cause I just said the same thing, but here, here's why Um, I think the bills really want to run more two tight end sets to put defenses in a bind to, to create more mismatches. I think that's what they're after. And I think that's why they signed Tyler Croft. That's why they signed Jacob Hollister. That's why they signed OJ Howard and none of them worked out. And I think this year, because of this really good top end of the tight end class, they may think let's finally do it. Let's do it the right way. Let's get this guy. I'll even go a step further. I will tell you the bills to my knowledge and everything I've been told, they would have drafted TJ Hawkinson at nine overall. Had he not gone eight, and then they drafted Al Oliver, number nine. They were willing to do that in the top 10 for a tight end yeah. at the time. Yep. And, you know and, and, and one, one other piece of evidence, Matt, they, 
they did they did run a ton of two tight ends last year, but the tight the extra tight end's name was Bobby Hart. He was an extra lineman. <laughs> I think yeah. they want to do that, but with a guy who can catch. Dawson Knox's best year was 2021, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Who was their second best tight ends that year? In 2021, I guess it would be Tommy Sweeney. That's what I'm saying. Like he yep. had his most success without anybody else. Do you really need more from the position? I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that you can justify that. I just think it's less likely than a running back. And I, th- I think it's of the positions offensively. It is the least likely position that they draft in the first round besides quarterback. Right. Yeah, I, I keep going back to the it's not about the position itself. It is, of course, because he plays the position. Yeah. It's about allowing the offense to function the way you want it to, because now you can finally dictate more terms, more, more uh, the terms on your end because of the personnel you're putting out of the field. You can, yeah, but you could, yeah, but you could do that. Go ahead. No, but you could do the same thing if you draft another legitimate wide receiver and then you can go three wide or four wide like all the time because you have legitimate threats out there. I think your I think your personnel is dictated by the players that you have, or it should be. Correct. I think what the Bills are trying to do though is say, you want it if we put these two tight ends, Dawson Knox and Darnell Washington, who I think right now could be very well the Bills' first round pick, the tight end out of Georgia. He's a freak. So yeah, he's really that, good. Right? Let's say you have him and he could be there when they pick. Um I think what the Bills are after is you have to make as a defense a decision. Do you want to go light and put a an extra corner out there and say, then we're just going to run at you, dude. And you're not going to stop us. Or are you going to say, we're going to put a linebacker because they have another tight end. And then this guy just runs past you. I think that's the kind of thing they're after. I can't think of any teams that have two legitimate threats at tight end that have had a lot of success. I, I know the Patriots tried to do it with Hunter Henry it's and since, with John since, Smith since the Patriots did a while ago, right? Like, with yeah, since, yes, exactly. Like in recent memory. And that's not like a reason to not do it. If you're getting somebody who you think can make a difference, then you go out and you do it. It really doesn't matter on the position. And that goes back to my argument about like B. John yeah. Robinson. Like if you think he's a difference maker, then you need to do it. And that has been my motto really for like the entire off season up to this point. It's like, just find somebody who can put you over the edge because I don't think last year, and this is not an indictment on Kyrie Elam. Like Kyrie Elam did not have enough opportunities to go out there and be a difference maker and live up to all of the expectations that come with being a first round pick. So I think we're going to see a step forward from him this year. I just want to make sure whoever they draft this year gets that opportunity because I feel like that was an area where they could have done more, or they could have gotten more production. This is a super good debate. And I think it might even change after free agency, right? I mean, because we'll see if they go out there and do anything, if they, somehow sign a running back trade for a Derrick Henry. Like we don't think that's going to happen, but it completely changes this whole position. Basically that either, either of us would have. So it's a, super any, cool debate. any interesting names out there in the free agent class for tight ends that you think would make sense for the bills. Like Kasiki is probably the biggest, right? Is it? Yeah. He, but here, here's the difference. Mike Kasiki. They're, they're not going to do no that. interest in blocking. None whatsoever. No. Yeah. Um, did, did Dalton Schultz get, Tagged. He did not get tagged, I believe. Oh no, they tagged Tony Pollard, right? Yeah, but they're going. They, they're confident they're going to sign him. Okay. Um, 
again, I think they're after like a, like more of a freaky kind of guy who can block, who can do everything. Um, even, yeah, I don't think so. Are we looking at, is it, is Robert Tunyon even a guy like that? I don't think so. No. Great was released by the Buccaneers. Eh, I think in, in the other part of it, Matt is it is a great, really good, I should say class of tight ends. So I think it's uh-huh. more about the draft and how they, how they want to go about it. So it's a really good debate and we could definitely revisit it. Um, you want to real quick, a combine comes and goes uh-huh. talked about the Leslie Frazier news. The day it happened, we recorded. Yeah. Now we know, and I'll tell you and I'll report and you could too, that if, if you have that, that I, I will tell you that the bills, Sean McDermott is leaning towards being the play caller. He, he will yeah. most be the play caller. Uh-huh. Have you thought about that and the ramifications of that and whether you are feeling differently now than you did when this news first dropped? No, I think the one thing that I've kept kind of going back to is that I always felt like somebody was going to fall on the sword and Leslie seems like the only per like it wasn't going to be Sean. It wasn't going to be Brandon and Ken Dorsey just finished his first year. I don't think the, there have been some people out there who have really kind of been like, yes, no more Leslie Frazier. We can take a step forward. Like, I don't necessarily think that's fair because I think Leslie Frazier was a really good coach and did a lot for the team. But at the same time, I do like the potential and the upside of what Sean McDermott can bring this defense because I do trust him in that space. And I think that that might not be a long-term answer, but in the short term in this year, like let's see what he's got. Like this is your bread and butter prove how smart you are defensively now. And I know at the combine, some people, I think, talked to Andy Reed and some of the other people who have coached with McDermott and they asked like, how would you describe his mindset and his, you know, defensive play calling style? And they were like very aggressive. And I think that is, you know, something that's really, really exciting for bills fans when they hear that. So, so my opinions really haven't changed a ton. I do like the potential upside though, that comes with McDermott being the guy who's probably going to call plays. Yeah, Ron Rivera used the word aggressive. And aggressive oh, Ron Rivera, not Andy Reid. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. And aggressive doesn't have to mean blitzing more or a no. lot. It can be. It can also be more man-to-man and maybe attacking a certain way, like um, double-teaming you know, your top receiver or taking away, I should say, your top receiver or a running back or something like that. So it is going to be very interesting to see uh, how this all plays out. But it looks like Sean McDermott right now has designs on calling plays. And he does have a guy named Al, Hol- Al Holcomb he hired to be kind of the overseer, I think, of everything while he's in the game and calling plays. So if anybody's thinking about how that will impact him game management, he could still manage the game in a, a certain way. If he's got Al Holcomb to lean on and go the other way, let's uh, let's examine what's gone on in the league and some possible quarterback movement on the heels of the news that you just told us about to start this podcast. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So it looks like there's potential that my best friend forever, Aaron Rodgers, could be joining the AFC East. And now I get to see him twice a year. How exciting would that be? It's the first thing that I think about whenever I hear Aaron Rodgers news. There's a long way to go. Maybe by the time this podcast is posted, we have more clarity on that. But the fact that they're flying a private plane out there and the Green Bay Packers have given the Jets permission to start having those conversations tells, and also, by the way, that Derek Carr went another way. Like, it felt like all the reporting out there was that Derek Carr was leaning towards the Jets, they must have felt strongly enough about Rodgers that they were like, hey, listen, we think we're going to go in a different direction. Go take whatever your other best option is out there. I don't know if that's ultimately what happened, but I don't want to give the Jets a ton of credit, but I don't think they're going to butcher this to the fact point of losing Carr and Rodgers. So it seems to me Rodgers is going to be their guy. If it doesn't happen, I wouldn't say the Jets even butchered it, but it just could come down to Rogers saying, I don't want to do that. I don't know why he necessarily, um, I don't know why he would or wouldn't. I don't know because nobody knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, this guy, he's, he's just it, every single off season, we deal with all this drama from him. I will tell you this though, Matt, it really just seems to me like the Packers are like, you are more trouble than you're worth. We just want to get you out of here, but they just can't just give him away. Right. What is the cost? What is the cost to trade for him? Is it more than. Is it two firsts? That's a lot. That's really steep, especially at his age. Granted, he is great, but I just feel like the Packers want this to happen as much as the Jets want it to happen. You would think, I don't know what the cost is. I would, I don't think it's two first round picks though. I think it's a first round pick and then maybe some other supplemental stuff, just given where Rogers is at in his career. I think the Packers would be happy to get that in return and ultimately like turn the page and go to Jordan Love. Somebody who they drafted a couple of years ago to be the replacement for Aaron Rodgers. I, I also don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Like, I agree with that. Aaron Rodgers is still really good. And I think Aaron Rodgers with the Jets are the If they get Aaron Rodgers, they're the second best team in the division, right? I think so. I think so. But I think you raise a really good question. How much does he have left? How He really had a pretty good fall last year. Like he just wasn't the same quarterback. He threw 12 interceptions. I mean, he hasn't thrown that many since his, his first year starting when he threw 13, he did throw 11 a couple of years later, but Matt, nothing even close to that. Like you have to add up basically the last three years before this to get to 12 interceptions from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what he has left either. It is interesting. And I also th- think it's kind of ironic and funny that like Brett Favre went to the jets at the age of 39. If this uh-huh. happens, Rogers going there at the age of 40. So yeah, I think there's a lot of questions and Favre wasn't great with the jets. He had some key, some okay moments, but I do think it's a very legitimate question. I'll also say this. I think Derek Carr would have upgraded the jets and they'd also be a lot better. I think Aaron Rodgers can do that, but the, the Aaron Rodgers jets thing, like even if he is a lot better for them this year, he's pretty good. What is he three years from now? Because at least I think Carr could play a few more years. The Jets are going to be looking for another quarterback in a few years. And I know that's not their concern now. They want to win. Uh-huh. But as a, as a, if you're a Bills fan looking at this, you're like, okay, Jets, get them. And if you don't reach what you want to reach, guess what? It's going to go disastrous over the next few years anyway, because you got got, you got, you got a window to win now. And he is on his last legs. 
I just, the thing that's intriguing to me about the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is look at the weapons he's getting. You get Garrett Wilson and you get Brees Hall. Brees Hall looked like a beast last year until he tore his ACL. Garrett Wilson was awesome as a rookie. And they've got some other complimentary pieces who will thrive with better quarterback play. Like it would be hard to almost anybody was going to be improvement to what the Jets had at quarterback last year. I do think that they are a very legitimate playoff contender if they go out there. Oh, apparently Sauce Gardner has made his pitch to Aaron Rodgers. Of course, the contact. They're all going to do this now. They're all going to do this. Yeah. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, I promise if you become a Jet, I won't pick you off in practice and I'll burn the cheese head. Oh, yeah. You remember he put the cheese head on? Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. I had no problem Um, with that. Yeah, no. So, like, yeah, listen, I I think that it sounds like it's going to happen and it's going to make the AFC East that much more interesting. What a, what a fun what a fun division that this could be next year. Yeah. The storylines are, you know, quite frankly, you know, we always see it because, you know, we cover the Bills and, you know, but the division the last couple of years from a league perspective and perception has probably been pretty boring. It's like, oh yeah, the Bills are the best team and they win the division and that's what happens. But this year, I mean, everybody's got questions about Tua. What the heck's going to happen in the Patriots? Rogers coming to the division would be crazy. And then you've got this bills team that underachieved next year that a lot of people are down on. Like it's uh, it could be really, really fun and really fun off season. What do you think about car going to the saints? I like it, but I don't love it. Like I, I think that he helps them. He makes them a better team, but I feel like it's just almost putting a bandaid on something like I think the way the league is going, like you need to have a young quarterback that you can grow with, that you can build with. And I don't think Carr makes them a Super Bowl contender. I think Carr makes them a fringe playoff team. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's um, it's an interesting, interesting division over there. Saints. This really came down to Joe DiBiase, my co-host on WGR and the Extra Point Show. He said, basically, whoever gets car is probably the favorite in the division, considering the quarterback situation there, which is amazing, yeah, right? That's true. Yeah, I don't really think there's anybody in that division who, you know, you would be super scared of, or really the conference in general. All the good quarterbacks are in the AFC. All right, so Matt, I have a uh, question, couple questions for you. One is actually a little more serious. We'll dive into real real quick. Yeah. Stefan Diggs. Um, yeah. His behavior on social media, if you want to call it that, and Uh rumors out there that he wants to go play with his brother, wants to get traded, all that kind of stuff. Do you read anything into any of that? Nope, I don't. I think it's nothing whatsoever. Not not really. I think that, no, maybe he does want to play with his brother. It's not going to happen. I don't think the Bills are going to trade him. So he's going to be a Bills wide receiver. Yeah, it's not. I agree with you. Well, I, I would say I never, the way I want to treat the social media stuff is, and you're, well closer in age to these athletes than I am. This is how a lot of these athletes communicate these days. They do say things on social media and write things. And it's sometimes cryptic. Sometimes it means something. Sometimes it doesn't. They're all over the place. So I never want to assume it means nothing. Right. Yeah. I also don't want to go as far as going, Oh my God, that means he wants out. Let's remember he did tweet something about the Vikings that led to his departure from Minnesota. That's exactly what happened. Right. I agree. About a month ago, Stephon Diggs scrubbed all his pictures of him in a bills uniform on Instagram. And yeah. it was, it was something people talked about. My wife, the investigative reporter that she is, and she does not work in this business said, yeah, but I just noticed something, Sal, all of his pictures now on Instagram are basically just clothing and branding for him. 
And it, yeah. it looked like it was more intentional on that part than it had anything to do with the bills. So, so I just want to say also that even if Stefan Diggs walked into Brandon Bean's office right now and said, trade me, I don't want to play here anymore. Brandon Bean's response is going to be, I'm sorry, you signed an extension last year and it would cost me $37 million of that dead cap space. That is not happening. Yeah, keep in mind, too, I know he was not happy with the way the season ended. There were a lot of people in that locker room who were not happy with the way the season ended. Uh, Stefan Diggs has had the best three years of his NFL career by a lot while playing with the Buffalo Bills. And I don't think he's he's not dumb. He's a smart person. He realizes the success he's having on the field. So, yeah, you can be frustrated and think that there's more to be accomplished, but that doesn't ultimately mean that you just quit on this team that you, you know, joined and this journey that you're on. Like, I just don't see him as that type of person. I, I really do like seeing a couple of people say like, Oh, it never really felt like that Diggs Allen relationship was genuine. Like, I don't believe that at all. Like, I think those two are like, Jen, you don't have to be the same person to be really, really close with, you know, another person like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are very different people with some of their interests and some of the things that they like to do, but they really, really have always clicked like that. That is a very genuine bond that they have built. I like, I don't, I don't think it's phony at all. And I would have no problem saying if I thought it was like, I think that's a very genuine friendship. I'm thinking right now of Paula Abdul and the rabbit singing opposites attract. Right. Um, so I would tell you that, not only is it genuine, but Stefan Diggs has basically said when he was asked, what are you thankful for last Thanksgiving? Jeremy pointed this out. I didn't remember him saying this, but apparently he was on a podcast. He was asked last Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? And he said, I'm thankful for Josh Allen, for bringing Josh Allen into my life, for God sending him to my life or something along those lines. So yes, I agree with you. And I'll also add, Brandon Bean's not in the business of creating yet another hole, especially at number one wide receiver when they already need another another wide receiver. So, all right. Also, I, can I can yeah. I bring up one other thing? Yeah. Stephon Diggs' banner on Twitter is still a picture of him yes. playing for the Buffalo Bills. I saw that. He didn't unfollow the Bills on Twitter like he did on Instagram. I don't know. No, I just and Trayvon unfollowed the Cowboys on social media. <laughs> I love it. I love like, it. It's like and it's not a good intrigue. Like, it's not a coincidence. Like it's, it's for people to talk about because it ultimately, people, right? it helps their brands to have people talk about them. Like we are right now, like we have been suckered into, you know, what they want people to do. He even said it himself. Like there were some cryptic messages last year and Dan Fates from Wham and Rochester posted the video today. Somebody asked him about these tweets and he was like, what do you want my Twitter for? Stay off my damn Twitter. None of that means anything. Like I'm just here to play football. And that's how I feel about this. That's amazing. All right. And uh, my final question to you, mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins have forfeited their first round pick. Okay. Yeah. Therefore there will be 31 selections in the NFL draft. Uh -huh. The Bills have the 28th overall selection. However, that includes Miami picking before them. Will you refer to it as pick 27 or pick 28? Pick 27 because it's the 27th player selected in the draft. So I know that there's a lot of gray area there. We've actually started to do our like very preliminary plans for our draft coverage and our draft show. And there's a lot of things that you kind of have to have on the back burner. And we had this conversation, like, how do we do it? Um, but I think I'll use the language, you know, the, with the, the 27th player selected, because I just think that that's more accurate than the 28th pick. I what do you think, think 
I want to treat it the way the it, NFL treats it. And I think which will NFL, be the 28th pick. Yeah. Correct. I think they say it's the 28th pick. So whenever we write something or talk about it, I think I have to go with the official terminology and the official terminology from the bills is, or from the NFL is it's the 28th pick. Yeah, I know. But, I'm go but I'm also, you know, TV in general, like TV is, you, you want to simplify things. Like you want to make things very obvious. Like the bills are taking the 27th player in the draft. There will be 26 players selected. Before I'm not they, you're wrong. I'm I know not. it's weird. It's, it's like a chicken or an egg scenario. It's, it's a strange one. Well, if you, okay. So if you list all the bills draft picks, are you putting 27 or 28? 28. I'm not talking about how you say it on the air. 28. Uh, so wait a minute. That contradicts what you just said. I know, but I think that that's okay. Okay. Because well, it, think about how much time it takes on television. When you have three minutes to talk about sports to say, all right, so the Bills scheduled to have the 27th pick in the draft. Now, actually it's the 28th pick because the Dolphins forfeited the pick. So it's going to be the 27th player selected, even though it'll officially be the 28th pick. Like that was like 20 seconds. Like I can't do that every time I say, do you have to do that? Okay. Come on. Give me insight in the TV thing. You don't have to do that. You could just say 28. It's the, the 28th selection because 20, whatever number for the dolphins is there. It just says forfeit next to the name. I almost feel like that's inaccurate though. I love it. I don't know. Cause that's I like the right answer. No, I, I don't know the right answer either. I guess we're going to have to navigate this all because I'm already thinking about like web copy that we're going to write. Right. And we'll be like, you know, the bill selected this person with the 28th pick and then put in parentheses, 27th player selected in 2023 draft. Yeah. And then that's how we avoid it. If we reference it the first time, but I don't know. Uh, let me ask you a question. All right. To close okay. this thing out. Yeah. Zach Hyman from the Edmonton Oilers is a Buffalo bills fan. Like what? Yes. Explain this to me. Okay. So Zach Hyman grew up in Toronto or nearby. He's a huge, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that fan. he grew up a huge Maple Leafs fan and Toronto Blue Jays fan. So the year that the radio crew couldn't travel with the bills due to COVID, but we could still go to the games. It was 2020. We couldn't travel at all. 2021. We travel, but we couldn't travel on the team plane. I go to the airport to go to one of the bills road games and early in the season. And I'm at the airport and this young man comes up to me and he says, Hey, Sal Capaccio, love listening to you. I'm a huge bills fan. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And we just start chatting. And he says, yeah, I'm headed out to go see my brother play hockey. He plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs and our he plays for the Edmonton Oilers. I think, I think he had gone to Edmonton by then, right? 21 mm -hmm. was the year he started Edmonton. Yeah. I say, what do you mean? Your brother plays. He goes, yeah, Zach Hyman, who used to be with the Maple Leafs is my brother. And I'm like, oh really? That's awesome. And I'm going to give a shout out. His name is Spencer, Spencer Hyman. So we just struck up a relationship and started talking about how cool that was. He goes, my brother, and he says to me, my brother, Zach is a huge bills fan. He knows who you are too. And he listens, you know, to the bills and follows you to get his information sometimes. And I'm thinking this is super cool, right? Zach Hyman, huge bills fan. So oh, we I just looked it up. Spencer Hyman follows me on social media. So there <laughs> you go. Yeah, so, you so, so, nice Spencer. Spencer. Right. so Spencer. Um, we've stayed in contact and you know, just here and there. And then basically what happened was the Oilers are in town and I reached out to Spencer and said, are you going to the game to see Zach? And he said, I can't, my wife is nine months pregnant. She could literally have a baby anytime at any moment. So I can't go. But if you're going, let me know. I'll put you in touch with Zach's manager. He's also a massive bills fan and he's going with his son. I'm that's like, really oh, cool. that's great. So I got his number reached out. We were sitting a few sections away from each other. He said, Sal, wait around. Let's hook up after the game. 
you'll probably get a chance to meet Zach if Max wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So after the game, we waited around. I met his manager, Alex, his son, uh, Corey, I believe was his name, who's maybe a, maybe a year or two older than Max. And we waited and Zach came out afterwards and I looked, he knew exactly who I was. Dap me up. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Love following your stuff about the bills. It was awesome. I said, yeah, this is my son, Max. Who I talk about on the radio. He says, Max, what's up? Max had a puck for him to sign. It was super cool. That's really, really cool. That's awesome. Like for some reason with an athlete to me, that feels a little bit cooler than like the list of celebrities that the bills have who follow them who are like from the area or something. Right. You know, that that's just cool. So, you know what we have to do? We have to have Zach on the podcast as a guest at some point in the summer to talk about kind of how he got into the bills. Like maybe, maybe the Toronto series like played a role into that or something. I'll actually tell you, he does a, he runs, he's um, I think it's his golf tournament for charity in July. And his manager, Alex said, if you want to come up and play, let me know. So, Hey, there you go, Matt. There it is. And he said the a lot of the Maple Leafs guys, hockey players, they play in it. But that's a good chance maybe we can do that and have him on. I, I told him I'd love to have him on the radio too. So I'm sure we'll do that. But it's super cool. And um, you know, we had a it was a really nice thing for them to do. And um, so we were waiting and we were actually hoping to meet Connor McDavid. His dad was standing there waiting for them. They they took his dad and his um family down into the locker room area, and Connor didn't come up. But Darnell Nurse came up. And Darnell Nurse, I don't know if you know this, Darnell Nurse's uncle, you know who he is? No. Donovan McNabb. Oh, I did know that. Now that you said it, I know that. Okay, so yes. Donovan it... McNabb married Roxy Nurse. Roxy Nurse was the point guard for Syracuse basketball when I was a student there. So oh, I really? saw Darnell, I saw his family, and I said, hey, I went to Syracuse when Roxy was there. So we all had this great conversation. It was a great night. Great night. You know, because it's everybody, it's such a small world. So one of my really good friends growing up, uh, his name's Adam Clendenning. He plays professional hockey and he's played for a bunch of different teams since that he was the guy drafted. you were with when you had the hole in one. That is the guy who I was with when I got the hole in one. So for a year, he played for the Edmonton Oilers, but it was the year that Eichel and McDavid were rookies. And it was in that first game in Buffalo. It, it might've been the second time they had played, but the first time they had played against each other in Buffalo and Adam was on the ice for the Oilers, like with McDavid on the ice. Uh-huh. And I remember like being so, cause you know, you take yourself out of it as much as you can. That was before I covered sports. I was just a news reporter, but I was at the game and it was like, you know, you grew up a Sabres fan, but your friend is on the Oilers and Holy crap. It's McDavid. It's Eichel. Like there's so many different layers to this. So yeah, it's funny how, like when you said, like we tried to meet Connor McDavid because yeah. Adam became friends with Connor McDavid. And it was like, wow, this is crazy. And you know, Logan Couture is also a Bills fan. You know, that. I know, I know that he's a very big Bills fan. Yes. Wild. It's wild. So yes. Yeah, so. And I also, he, I think he was just a Buffalo sports fan in general because he wears number 39 and uh-huh. I believe he wears it because Hashik was his favorite player. That's amazing. That's great. So yeah, it was a really cool night and you know, thanks for asking. Cause I know Max had a really good time and you know, Max is all about the Sabres, but you know, it was really cool to see. I, I try to have my son appreciate that even though they're like the other team and you know, you grow up, you're, you're, you only, you're so focused on your team that, you know, all these people, they're, they're, they're all good people on other teams too. Right. And they're just doing yeah. their jobs for the other team. So I think he got a little glimpse of that. So, all right, next time we talk, we'll know a lot more about what's going to happen with the bills heading into free agency because free agency, the tampering window, if you want to call it, that starts March 13th and then free agency begins on March 15th, Matt, you have a great rest of your week and into next week. And uh, we'll talk to everybody in the next podcast. Sounds great. See you, buddy.